going well. All right, you all taking notes? All right, so uh, that's a foundation that I want to lay to say some things about the tithe. <clears throat> it's interesting. How many of you know I've been on my, a, a journey about understanding more of a Hebrew mindset and understanding about the Hebrew language and just some of the nuances and the depth that God brings in revealing through this language? So here we have the letter, the number 10, which is where we get 10th from. 10th is 10% of your increase, right? Ten is the letter in Hebrew, Yod, which happens to be the first letter in God's official name. Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey. It's the tetra- tetragrammaton, the four consonants that make up the name of God. It's the actual name that when the priesthood went in with the blood of the Paschal Lamb, Passover Lamb, and sprinkled it upon the mercy seat, he would recite the name of God as he was in the Holy of Holies declaring his name. He would declare the name in the name. Amen? Now, it's interesting that the number 10 in the Bible is used 242 times. The the designation 10th is used 79 times. 10 is also viewed as a complete and perfect number. 10 is the summation of 3 and 7. 3 being the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and 7 being the seven spirits of God found in Isaiah 11. The Spirit of the Lord Wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord, in whom it says it's prophesied that Jesus would find delight in the fear of the Lord. There's something delightful about the fear of the Lord. Chew on that one for a moment. Okay? In Genesis, so, 3 and 7, it's made up of of 4, the number of the physical physical creation, and 6, the number of man. As such, it signifies testimony Law, responsibility, and completeness of order. Now, but that can sound really heavy. That can sound like the law. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? The law. Okay? But I want you to get a picture of this. It represents man's... I'm sorry. Let me go back. It signifies testimony, law, responsibility, and completeness of order. Who was the one that took responsibility to fulfill the law where we couldn't? Come on. I like that. Who is the one that gives testimony forever? Jesus. He gives testimony before the Father as our advocate every day of the week. Every single moment of the day. Father, I paid for it. Father, it's under the blood. Father, oh, that's, 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 our, that's my brother, that's, that's, your, that's my daughter, or sister, and this is your son or daughter. Do you see what I'm saying? <clears throat> Who's the one that took responsibility for where we couldn't take responsibility? Jesus. Who is the one that has put all things back in order, restoring the kingdom so that the heaven could be made manifest on earth? Jesus. So when you think about giving of the tithe, what you're doing is you're trading into Jesus. You're trading into who he is as high priest in the world of Mechizedek and what he has done for us. And in that, our identity, you are trading into identity. Come on, guys. You're trading into identity. You're trading into the one who we have been clothed with who we are seated with, that we are in him. Come on, Ephesians chapters 1 and 2. 
this is what you're doing. You're not just giving money. You're not just doing an obligation. You are trading into identity of the one who is the law, the perfect law, upon whom we gaze, we worship, we adore, we love, and in whom we abide, in him. Amen? So now, how many of you are excited about giving your tithe this morning? All right. All right. All right. So where are the ushers? Okay, good. You're right there. All right. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Jesus, we come before you this morning to give into you, to trade into identity, that this is who we are. That we are of you, clothed with you. We are found in you. That we are surrounded by you. Hemmed hemmed in on either side. Your glory behind us. And you have gone before us and prepared the way. According to your word, Jesus, in John 17, you made a place for us. In the very center of the Trinity. We abide with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we trade into that this morning as we give our tithe. And we bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Right. That was amazing. From the worship to Tyler plugging the church, this church, this church, this church. That was so good. Then a wonderful tithe and offering message and benevolence. Let's see what I can do after all of that. Um, can we put our, our main scripture verse on the, on the screen, please, Christina? Second Chronicles 7.14 um, My message has once again changed a little. A while ago, God really spoke to me and, and told me to, to change the way that I bring my messages. Um, I really enjoy teaching. That's what I like to do. And so I study a lot of history about the word. And like Greek, like Greek was saying, like Chip was saying, Hebrew and Greek. And then God just spoke to me and he said, in your messages, just bring me. Make sure that every message that you bring is me. Teaching is good and all of that, but bring me. And, and with me comes grace. Make sure that every message that you bring is filled with me and I am full of grace. So make sure that no matter what you teach and preach upon, it's dripping with me and with grace. So, as I was preparing for today, it just wasn't working right. I was, I've heard of writer's block. I'm not a writer, so I, I don't know. I've heard of runners coming up against the wall. I've faced that before. It's just you go, you go, and all of a sudden you go no more. So that's where I was with this. And it's not for a lack of trying or getting in the Word and praying. And, and just yesterday morning, early morning, just meditating on what I had, Holy Spirit just so gently just, He just said, just, just bring grace. Just, just very quietly, very gentle. 
he's such an amazing teacher. And, and he's kind. And he's calm. He's not like teachers that we know or had in school that, that just got angry when you couldn't do it right. And that they would give up and scream and shout. He just carries on and on and he's gentle. He's the comforter. And just in such a nice, comfortable way, he said, just, just bring this verse. Do we have it or do we not have it? Thank you, we have it. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And it just, just said, just bring grace. Just bring me in that verse. So I know he wants to deal with, with fear today. That's, that's one thing that has come out through everything the whole morning and something that happened to me about two weeks ago. So I'm just going to talk to it. I don't even have stuff here. I'm just going to bring Jesus grace. That's all I'm going to do. That song we sang this morning, I've never heard that song. The words were, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. I haven't heard. Is that a new song? It is? Okay, that's wonderful. That was so nice. That was amazing. Then you split the sea, so I could walk right through it. Hey? You split the sea so that I could walk right through it. What seas has God split in your life that you could walk right through it? And he does it every single day, all the time, in each and every circumstance. And there's some of us here today that really should not be here. But he split the sea. And we walked right through it. I can go through time and time and the other people here that have testimony upon just how God just brought them through. Where there was no way. The sea in front of you. The Egyptians on the side. Mountains all around you. But yet we came to the other side. So you split the sea so I could walk right through it. My fears drowned in perfect love. That's amazing. My fears drowned in perfect love. Shane, can you bring me your Amplified Bible, please? John 1 verse 12. Chip spoke about it. The song was about it. It's all about, we spoke about the name, the name, the name. And that's something that I want to talk about today. And when we sang the song, it's all about the name as well. John 1 verse 12 in the Amplified. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, the power, the privilege, and the right to become the children of God. That song we sang, I am a child of God. It's a privilege, it's a right, and it gives me power. To be a child of God. That is to those who believe in. Who adhere. To trust in. And rely. On his name. I'm going to talk a lot about his name today. But to as many as did receive and welcome him. Is he welcome in your life? Every area. Is he welcome? Or are there some parts of your life where 
you close the door and, and God, just don't enter here. Just stay out of the room while I do this. Don't come in here because it's wrong. Are there areas like that in your life where he's not welcome? Because there should not be. Because he's a loving father. And he loves you so much that he will stand outside the door when you do what you shouldn't be doing and you do in the dark and you ask him to stand there. Because he says, I will go according to your will. And if you don't want me to be a part of that little dark thing, I will remove myself. Because I died to give you the right to choose life and death. And whatever you choose, I will go with that choice. He wants us to open the door and to say, man, I shouldn't be doing this. Come in. You're the way. You're the light. You're the truth. You're the giver of it. You can help me so that I open every single door in my life so that there is no darkness because I'm a child of light. Let us welcome him in every area of our lives. Is there a space where the door is closed and you ask him to just wait outside for a while? Open the door and welcome him in. Because look what it says. We receive power when we do that. To those who believe in, who adhere to trust in and rely on his name. His name is bigger than sickness and disease. His name is bigger than pornography. His name is bigger than drugs. His name is bigger than alcohol. And the devil will lie to you and say, this thing that you're battling with is so big and so strong and you're the only one battling with it. No one understands. That's a lie. His name is greater than that. Invite him into that place because he's already taken care of it. He's not afraid of anything. There's no fear in him. He is perfect love. And when you open yourself to that, then perfect love, love can never fail, will come in and help you in that circumstance. So that's just that that verse came to me while we were singing that song because we're going to talk about the name today. So um, when I was growing up, in South Africa, there were a couple of verses that people used that would scare me spitless. And this is one of them. And if you take a verse out of context, or you don't understand who it's been written to and who this, the writer is, is writing to or speaking to, it can cause a lot of damage. It can cause a lot of chaos. And this verse is one of them that people would wrap me over the knuckles with and bring absolute fear. Not the fear of the Lord. Fear. Bondage. Demonic fear. Through this verse. People would use this. Another one is Malachi 3. You don't bring a tithe. You are cursed. This whole nation is cursed with a curse. Man. Then another one. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. I mean, all of these things, this is one of those verses that absolutely brought so much fear into my life. And whenever someone goes to Chronicles, I'm kind of, uh, 
I know where we're heading. Because everyone knows this verse in Chronicles. You know, tell me three other verses in Chronicles, I don't know. But Second Chronicles, man, if those people call by my, we can quote this one. Because we hear it and many times it's been brought because, and that's not what's happening here. If we read this whole part here, we've got to understand it. it's, it's Solomon who's bringing in a temple. He's inaugurating something amazing. It's just phenomenal. And, and in the middle of all of that part, you go read, there's seven days of partying a week from God. He says, for seven days, they feasted. Then they went and on the eighth day, God himself said, for seven days, my children, you're going to have a feast. You know how many feasts there are in the Bible under the law? Because God just wants his people happy. He's not an unhappy, sour God. So after seven days, Solomon goes and prays, and God hears him and speaks to him. And then he says, because if you take this verse just like this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, how humble is humble enough? To what point do I humble myself that I am good enough in his eyes that he would even think or look or answer my prayer? And then when I reach that maturity or that place of humbleness, many times the next day they've got to come and say, hey, listen to you, because... I'm so humble. Man, I just reached that place of humility and then you, it it just, it doesn't work. So how humble do we have to be before he's going to hear us? And pray. There are people who are intercessors and they just love praying. That's what they do. And then there are other people who are not intercessors. And they do not like praying 24-7, 24-7, all the time, all the time, pray, pray, pray. How much prayer is enough? How much do I have to pray so that I know he's heard me and I have the request of what I've asked for? When do I stop praying that I know, man, I've been behind the veil. He's heard me. I can now walk away and say thank. When do I reach that point? How much prayer is enough? How much faith do I need when I pray? Because I don't think I have all of that much faith. So now my prayer is not working. You see, a lot of people pray, 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 and they think prayer makes faith work, but it's faith that makes prayer work. So you take this verse. You have to pray and seek, and now people pray, pray, pray. It's not a prayer of faith. But I'm praying, 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 and maybe after enough prayer, maybe he will hear me. How much do we have to pray? And seek my face. How much seeking is enough? And when do I blow all my seeking and then I've got to start from scratch again because I, I was seeking for three weeks and I did well and then something came and I exploded and I said something and did something. Now all that seeking is gone. Now I've got to start again. How much seeking is enough? And turn from their wicked ways. Let's not even go there. <laughs> Only then. Only then, then I will hear from heaven, and only then will I forgive, after you have sought and prayed and humbled and did all of this. If you do not do that, I am not going to hear, and I will not heal your land, 
and your land will be bad forever, and this is just the way it is. That's not what that verse is saying. And I've heard this in South Africa. I'm pretty sure that South Africa didn't exist when this verse was written. But people were preaching this in South Africa as if it was written to us South Africans. And speaking about our land, South Africa, and apartheid, and all the sins of the forefathers, everything you've done. That's why this land is cursed. That's why God will not heal your land. South Africa wasn't around when this was written. I've been in Taiwan, and they use this verse. And Taiwan, you, no land is cursed, and God will not hear because of your, and I'm sure Taiwan, and I've heard it in America as well. America was not around when this verse was written. So this has just brought so much fear into the church when it's not supposed to be a finger-pointing, fear-based thing that you'll never be able to pray enough, humble yourself enough, do anything for me to come. And that's not what God is saying here. So if we can have John verse 1, uh, sorry, John chapter 1, 16 and 17. These verses we should know by now. And of his fullness, what is Jesus full of? Compassion, grace, love, humility, fear of the Father, the fear of God. That's what he's full of. Of his fullness we have all received. We have all of that stuff that we've just read about. We've received that through Christ. And grace for grace. Man, we are in a covenant of grace. Verse 17. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That's how we look at Second Chronicles, the verse that we've just read. Through the eyes of grace that we are in now and truth about what that verse is saying and what is happening in that part of Scripture. Because it says, if my people who are called by my name, if my people who are called by my name, let's just start right there. When Tiffany and I started going out I was not doing God's will for my life. I was running from God. I knew I was called to teach the word of God. There was no doubt about it. I was not doing that. I was DJing in nightclubs, and I was having a wonderful time in darkness. Drugs, sex, all of that stuff. That was my life. So when I met Tiffany, and we started going out, people would ask, who is this? Referring to Tiffany. And people would say, because of the kind of person that I was or the life that I led right then, they would say, that's Rifle's new prey. That's Rifle's new victim. That's Rifle's, I won't even say everything that she was called. Because of the way I was living... She was called those names. But her being part of me or with me now, she was always called 
by my name. Who's this? This is Rifle's girlfriend. This is Rifle's connection. Not this is Tinjalin or Tiffany. She's Rifle's. She's with Rifle. She came with Rifle. She was called by my name. But then something happened. Praise God for grace and mercy that I came back like the boy in the pigsty and I ran back to the Father. And he with loving arms accepted me and he said, okay, I've paid for that. We've got a job to do. Let's go. And then Tiffany and I entered into covenant. And the most amazing thing happened. She now was not called by my name anymore. She is my name. Her name changed. And now everything that I have, everything that is mine is hers. And she's not called now, that's Rifle's wife. No, no, no. That's Mrs. Skitter. That is right. She's part of him. They are now one flesh. So in the covenant that you and I are in, we are not called by his name. We have entered into covenant. And we're going to read verses now that I am given by him his name. The name above every other name. Praise God. So we are not a people called by. We now have. That's what we were singing about today. I'm a child of God. I've been given that name. So, it's, it's proven that Tiffany has all of that. If you go look at our bank account, she doesn't have one and I have one. It's different names. She's got exactly the same card that I do. And she can walk into the bank without me being there and she can just swipe that card. And people don't look at her strange, don't say, no, this is not yours, you need somebody else to come in. Because she has as much right to everything that is in there as I do. Why? Because we have exactly the same name. We are in covenant. Passports, names were changed. Everywhere you go now, there is no more trace of her being something other than me, Skitter. The same as me. Because she changed her name as soon as we entered into covenant. And as soon as you and I entered into covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ, we got a name change. And everything that you were called before does not exist anymore because you have a brand new name. Okay. Can we get Ephesians chapter 3, please? And we use this, we quote this, we know this. This is amazing. But let's see in here, verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 15. From whom the whole family in heaven 
and earth is named. Where did you get your name from? From him. How does he call you? By his name. I'm not who I used to be. I'm not old sinner boy. I'm not old wicked man anymore. I am now given his name. I am called by him. The same name that David and Elijah and Moses and those guys have, my and our family in heaven, that's the name that I carry here and now today. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. To know the love of God which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you understand what capacity your spirit has to hold all the fullness of God? Your mind can't wrap around that. That's a check that your spirit can cash, but your mind can't. The fullness of God dwelling on the inside of us. What is he full of? Healing. Peace. Wisdom. Understanding. Prosperity, might, counsel, love, joy, peace, kindness. All of that is 18 inches from here right now. It is in you at this very moment. And it doesn't say that you have to do this and do this and do this and do this. And then you can have a little bit of what he has. He says, no, because of what he has done, you now have it. It's in you. And only when you understand that love, how high, how wide, how deep, how all the dimension and greatness of that love for you is, then only will you start to be having this stuff come out of you. It's not a do this and then you can get. It's him saying, I did it. Believe in my love. Because it's already in you. Because we have his name. It's his good pleasure. If we go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6 to 9. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. He chose. He made us accepted in the beloved. He did it. It wasn't because of our good or evil work. He just said, this is what I'm going to do. That's the mystery that we now live in that was revealed. He has made us accepted in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of His will. That was His will all along. But certain things had to happen so that this could be put in place according to his good 
pleasure which he purposed in himself. There's nothing about you have to do this. You see what happens now, now that you are in Christ and you understand his love, now you want to do this. You see, that verse doesn't take away seeking his face and praying and fasting and humbling yourself. But it's not a prerequisite for him to move in your life anymore. Because he has moved in your life, now you want to do all of those things. And it's not a burden. And it's not, I have to fast. I have to pray. It's, my goodness, I get to do this because he chose me. This was his good will. That's the way to look at that verse in the covenant that we are today. It does not exclude any one of those things mentioned in that verse. But it changes the way or the why those things are there. Not to get him to move on our behalf. He has. Now we can do those things because he has already moved and forgiven us and placed us in him because it was his good pleasure. Talking about his name. Mark chapter 16 verse 17 to 20. I'm not called by his name. No more. Old covenant. If my people who are called by my name. Look at Mark chapter 16, 17 to 20. And these signs will follow those who believe. Because we quote this. But how can we do this? Because he says, in my name. Who, in your Bible, that's read. That means Jesus is saying this. So what is Jesus saying? Now, You take my name. I give you my name. And you go out and you do this and you do this and you do this in my name. So can you remember a couple of weeks ago I was saying, I'm not a tool in his hand anymore. I now am his hand. So when I come to pray, I don't call upon that name. I bring, I am in that name I speak. And this is what will happen if I have faith that he's given me that name to use. That he's paid for the sin, for sickness, for disease, for everything that we have done wrong. He says, this is what is going to happen. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover in his name. It's not because of how great or weak or what anything you are. It's because that's his name. That's what his name is full of. His name is full of that power to chase out the demon. His name is full of healing to heal the sick. His name is everything good is in that. Name And he said, now you take my name and you go and I will be with you when you use that name. And whatsoever you ask in that name, I will give it to you. He's given us that name. I have to talk about fear. This God... Um, let's see. The last time I preached was it was December 28th. It was the last Sunday of the year. 
And for those of you who are here, remember I spoke about Boaz who turned. And I was sick. I had fluish symptoms. I was not feeling very well. So the night before, I was just walking on my floor, Tiffany and Nathan in another room, um, and praying. And, and God spoke. He gave me revelation. He said, I am moved by faith. I'm startled. We spoke about that. It's amazing how God gave me that revelation then and how I blew it the next week. It's a revelation. He gave me that about how amazing faith is. And when you come by faith, man, I turn and I look who has touched me because of your faith. So he gave me that revelation and I was preaching that Sunday and I remember telling you that, and all I wanted to do, I had a headache, I was hot, I was sweaty, I was sore throat. I just wanted to go home and lie on the sofa. And that day, I remember Green Bay was playing against the Detroit Lions. And I wanted to go home and just lie on the sofa and watch the football game when I got home. And one o'clock when I left here, by the time I got home, I did not even want to. See any television, nothing. It, it had got that bad. And I went upstairs. I, I, it's just me when, I'm, when I feel like it. I just want to be by myself. And Tiffany understands that. So I not lock myself, but I, I go to the bedroom, put the blankets over me, and I'm fine. Don't want to eat. Don't want to just leave me so I can just pray. So I'm in bed not watching the football. Don't want to watch the football. Don't want nothing. So that's Sunday, Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, the whole day Monday I'm doing that. I'm speaking to this virus thing now. I'm now, now I'm really, I'm sweating. I've got three blankets on me. We, I'm sure most of us have had that. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Monday night, my boy comes running in the room because I haven't played with him now for two days. He doesn't understand what's going on. Hasn't seen me for two days because I've got duvets over me and he's not allowed to come into the bedroom. So he comes upstairs Monday night and he runs into the room. How do you explain to him what, what is happening to daddy? He just wants to, we haven't played, we haven't wrestled, we haven't done anything. He just wants to get some action. So he comes to the bedroom and I chase him out. I say to him, go out, don't come into the room, stay in the other bedroom, don't come in here. And he goes and he doesn't understand. And Tiffany says, come daddy, you know, daddy's praying, daddy's going through this. And the Holy Spirit, so gently yet so firm, so full of truth, in that predicament says to me, Rifle, you have just partaken of the kingdom of darkness. You have just moved in the wisdom of the devil. And lying in my bed, I was, thank you, Jesus. Man, that's amazing. What a revelation. Now, remember the week before, he gave me the, the revelation on when you stand up in faith, man, I move. Now, I get out of the room so that you don't get sick. Don't come close to me. Stay over there. And he said, you've just partaken of the kingdom of darkness. I was like, Jesus, man, thank you so much for teaching us. Thank you so much for helping us and leading us right. And that's all he had to say because it's just revelation comes now. You know, what am I doing? 
So, what do you do when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says something like that? You repent. What is repent? Change your mind. Walk in a different direction. So, I throw the duvets off. I walk out of the room. I say to him, come here. And it's time for his bed. And we play a little game before we go to bed. So, we play the little game. Tiffany says, well, you know, what are you doing? Didn't you just tell him not to come here? I'll explain later, baby. But that was fear. That's not God's way. And we're teaching him fear. That's wrong. This is not a house of fear. This is a house of faith. We do not operate like that in this house. So I play his little game. Now, I didn't become stupid and go and kiss him and, you know, wipe all my, fix his hair with my saliva or do anything like that. But I went and played his little game and I went back to my room. And I was just thinking about that. And so many times, because you see what, what's happening is I'm speaking to this thing, this virus, this germ. In the name of Jesus, you have no place. Thank you, Brother Strong. I'm doing all of it. I know that I'm healed. I don't care what I look like. I don't care what I feel like. I am healed by his stripes. I'm speaking to this, and it's not working. And the Holy Spirit revealed to me. I've been asking God for quite some time now, why? is John 14, 12, not more of a reality in our lives, especially mine, because I, I, honest to God, I believe that. You can't beat that out of me with a stick. The works that he did, greater works shall we do because he has gone to his Father. Has he gone? Where are the greater works? Me, man in the mirror, where are the greater works? So I've been asking, why is it not working? I have faith. I do believe. And he showed me. He taught me so gently. You see, the just shall live by faith. Not have little bursts of faith. Live. Everywhere you go, every circumstance, every step is faith, faith, faith. But what I was doing was I was faithing against this thing in my body and then I made a covenant with fear. Miss Cindy preached a sermon quite a while ago and she was talking about different covenants that we make. And I was lying in the bed and I said, okay, fear, which is from the enemy, I'm going to make a covenant with you. I'm going to step away from faith. I'm not going to put my trust in him that he can keep you through this. And you see, the big thing is when it's just us involved, it's easy. But when your children or your spouse or other people come involved, where your emotions get involved, then it's more difficult to stand with that same faith. And in the name, you will not, if I get sick, it's okay, but I don't want him to feel the way I do. So now it's easier to make that covenant with fear. And say, okay, I'm not going to be in faith here. I'm not going to trust in your love. And your power that you are able to keep him from this so that he doesn't get what I have. Fear, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And now if you and I partner in this fear, I will chase him away and then you keep him safe so that he doesn't get sick. How does that sound? And fear says, that sounds great. I will go with you all the way. Every single day of the week if you partner like that. And God is outside where I lock the door. I didn't invite him in. And he's standing there and he's saying, open the door. I'm able. Do you believe that I am able? 
I do believe. Okay, well then don't say you have faith and you don't have works. And he showed me and then he said, bring this today because there are so many of us here who are partnering with fear. And he doesn't want that. And we are not called by his name. We have his name given to us. And if we have that, if we are seated in heavenly places, if we have been given that name, if greater is he that is in me than in the all of that is true. Why are we still partnering with fear? If I'm not talking to you, I'm not pointing, but God said there are people here that are mixed in covenants with fear. And we need to get rid of that. Because in 2015, he has so many amazing things for us. But the just shall live by faith. Not have a little burst every now and then and quote a scripture and believe and then go and hide and make a fearful covenant. But live step by step every single thing that we do by faith. So we're going to take care of that just now. So he just so very, very gently said to me that that's not right. Because like that verse you read in the Amplified, if we trust and rely on his name, he can do that. Isn't he such an amazing teacher? In, in all of that, you know, he brought this revelation of, a couple of nights ago you're walking on the floor and I give you a revelation of, man, I'm so moved by faith. And when you touch me, I turn and I say, who touched me? And now you partaking of the covenant of darkness? So let's just quickly go to the book of James here. James chapter 3. Verse 10 to 12. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? What did Jesus say? Rivers of living water from your innermost being. That spring that becomes a river. It doesn't bring forth bitter and sweet at the same time. It should not be this way, Rifle. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. Hebrews 11.6, which we all know, without faith, it's impossible. Not Uh, turn a blind eye. Uh, Maybe he understands your circumstance. Uh, Maybe this time he'll... It's impossible to please God without faith. So while I'm lying there in bed speaking to this thing to go, and I believe I have faith, out of my mouth comes fear. Now God is showing me That's why, rifling you, I'm not speaking to you, but there's some here that are going through the same thing. That's why you're not seeing everything that you believe and you're speaking, because out of the same spirit, you're allowing that fear. Fear is not in me. I don't have fear on the inside of me. I have love, joy, peace, kind, all the fruit. There's no fear in me. It comes from the outside trying to get in. 
That's what Jesus says. The sower sows the word. I have received the word concerning healing and protection. But the cares of things on the outside entering in. When that little boy came in and he wanted to hug and I immediately, in my mind, the devil says, man, sickness, he's going to get the virus, he's got the germ. That thing wants to enter in. And I took that and I placed it in where it should not be. And that is what we need to get rid of today. Is we need to really, really, really go before God and ask ourselves, Is there a certain area of my life, Jesus, where I have fear? Because you split the Red Sea. I'm a child of God. You've given me your name. We have all of these things. There should not be any more fear in us or any more relationship to fear where we hold on or covenant with darkness. That's not of God. So where you are sitting right now, are you living in a certain area of your life in fear? Have you kind of made a covenant with fear to say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do this, because I'd rather do this, and then you keep me safe. There are 101 examples you know in your own life if there is. And if you are here and you are living in that or you have something like that or the Holy Spirit is revealing something to you, I want you to stand up because we've got to get rid of this if we're going to receive everything God has for us in 2015. Holy Spirit, we thank you for being such a gentle teacher. Thank you for being the comforter, the counselor, the one who Jesus said, I will send one just like me. I will not leave you orphans. Thank you for shining that light of heaven into us to reveal where there is some place that we've closed the door and we're walking in darkness or we've we've shacked up with fear because we're not moving in faith in that area. We thank you, Lord, that we are a people who have your name. We thank you that we humbly come to you, Jesus, as our Lord and as our Savior. We pray now, Lord, we seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways, the fear that we have partnered with, and we say, we repent. We repent. We change the way we think and we take this darkness and we shine the light of the gospel of grace of the Lord Jesus Christ on this and we say no more fear. No fear here. Lord, we give you this. Now I give you whatever that circumstance is. I place it in your hands because you say you are my caretaker. I refuse to live in fear anymore. Because I want to receive everything you have for me, for us, this house, this nation in 2015. And by faith we come now and we know that we are pleasing to you. Because your word says, Lord, that when we have faith, you are pleased. Thank you that your faith to us, even that is a gift. 
It's not something we can work up by ourselves. But faith comes by hearing, hearing of your word. And your word says that I love you. Do not let your heart be troubled. We give you, Lord, that thing that is troubling our heart. But no more. When we leave this place today, we decree no more fear. We walk and we live by faith in everything that we do. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that when that thing comes and shows its ugly head, you will say, no, do not allow that in. And we thank you that you give us the wisdom of heaven, the wisdom of the Father, to know what is of you and what is not of you, so that we can walk in your ways. As your word says, because the steps of a righteous are ordered by the Lord, we will walk in the way that you order us, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for this covenant that we are in. Thank you that we have received grace for grace and Jesus came to bring this covenant to us that we walk in today. Thank you, Lord, that our hearts do not have to have any fear because you're just such a good God. And we can trust you in every circumstance because your word says that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. So that you could have, in every circumstance, more than enough. We thank you for that, Lord. We bless you. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for taking this, showing it, bringing it to the light. Because we are children of the light. And let us walk in the light as you are in the light. And we thank you, Lord, that fear has no place in our lives. We bless you. And we receive everything you have for us, spirit, soul, and body, in this coming year. Your name be glorified. Your name be magnified. To you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, we have people that will pray with you up front here. Be blessed. Go home. We'll see you next week. And kick fear away.